Hello, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of The Gloving Paradigm, where I'm your host, Peter, a.k.a. LPD, the cringiest glover on YouTube. Oh my god, that was so funny! <laughs> Fifteen minutes later. So what is it this week that I want to talk about? Well, very recently, I've been having a lot of conversations with different people on chips specifically just between programmables and bulb chips and you know there's been other talks about like oh what would be like your ideal chip set which i think i might actually do in a different video um but yeah i've been having a lot of conversations recently with many different glovers about these chips and i think it's kind of time for me to like revisit an episode or a couple episodes i should say about chips <laughs> and the reason why I need to revisit these episodes is just because of the amount of conversation I've been having with people and one of the things I want to point out with revisiting the pros and cons on chips that we have out available to us is I think I need to disclose how how these chips work to a degree okay and what I mean by that is not oh they just you just put a bulb into it and the bulbs work and it has its own set of flash patterns. When I think I need to go a little bit more in detail of like how that happens compared to like programmables, right? So yes, this is going to be a pros and cons on chipsets that are out there, a revisitation to it because I can do that and most of the episodes I'm revisiting don't have a video component to it. And for some reason, a lot of people actually like it when it's on a video and not just an audio and I get that. Even though people do video podcasts all the time. And I watch video podcasts by just listening to it when I'm working around the house. But I don't think that's really necessary to talk about here. So, first things first, I need to talk about what different chips do we have out there. So, very clearly everyone should know that we have what are called programmable chips. Or a new term that I've been hearing around in these spheres now has been known as PROGS. Short for programmables. Get it? Yeah. Sure, Jan. But the other ones that we have out there are bulb chips. They're basically just bulb chips. That's what people call them. And the reason why they call them that is because you literally have a set bulb to place in it. As opposed to a programmable one where you can actually program your bulb to put out any color you want it to put out. There are a few caveats to that which we'll get into, but definitely want to just stress that we have these two bulbs. Or these two chipsets, I should say. Now, I'm pretty sure to the uninitiated, you can clearly tell the differences of these chips and the pros and cons between them. Which is very simple. If you look at a prog chip, you, the versatility, and it's probably one of your best investments because you get everything in one simple package. You get a massive color palette that you get to work with. You have a massive flash pattern palette you get to work with. You got multiple modes that you can program these into. You can actually switch up the modes. You can reorder the modes that you want. You can take off modes that you don't want. You can have it into a single on and off feature known as conjure mode. It literally gives you everything that you need without having to invest into extra stuff. You know, that's your biggest thing. Now, of course, a lot of people are probably going to be like, well, that just sounds so amazing. How could there be any cons to a programmable chip? 
It's very simple. I mean, if you haven't watched any of my chip analysis archive reviews, well, there's only one they can actually watch, which is on the Apollos, but I have done OG Chroma Controls, I've done the Ions, uh, I definitely would recommend you go listen to those because I, I broke down my understanding of those really, really well. And a lot of people still refer to those from time to time when it comes to those particular chips. But there is some cons that people do need to understand. I will not hear it not from you. I will not hear it! One of the things that I will point out when it comes to a prog chip is color consistency. Now, there are multiple different things that happen. There's color bleeding, there's color rosing, there's just the color quality of that color is just not really good compared to say other ones out there on the market, you know what I mean? But that is a thing. And of course, understanding how a programmable chip operates when it comes to colors is very simple. If you know what additive color theory is, that is what we are using to make these colors. Because there's only three diodes in those chips that it uses, okay? So you have red, green, blue, those are the primary colors. Go check out my entire color theory playlist if you want more on it. There is a reason why it's there. Well, thank you. But that's where you have not as strong quality colors as opposed to like a bulb chip, which if you don't know how a bulb chip has such better colors than a programmable, it's because they don't follow the same color blending at all. It, it, it doesn't. So how a bulb is crafted is that it has its three diodes that it's using, but they're white diodes. Here's the thing. There's a color filament that you can actually coat onto those diodes to get those colors. That's why orange looks so powerful in bulbs. Purple is probably the best in bulbs because it's literally just a purple filament. Those very rare colors that other chips have in the programmable section that don't look that great, even when you see it on paper, you're most likely gonna get that on a bulb chip way better just because they coat the diode in that filament to give off that color. That's why some people say that people who are massively huge in the bulb market are just color purists. And that makes sense because you get the best quality and color from that, right? That's why they, they can have things like electric yellow, neon green, and other colors that we don't necessarily get really well on procs okay that's just one of the major things and of course i'm not going to sit here and go into like the flash pattern stuff because when it comes to bulb chips there they have their set flash patterns you can't really deviate from that of course there is the one exception when it comes to the elite pro which is the only programmable bulb chip that was ever out on the market and you couldn't even change the colors you just put in the bulb that you wanted to use and it will just have a selection of flash patterns however the Eli Pro series had a really good palette of flash patterns. I mean, like, go check it out. They the the overview that Mains and Light puts out, even though it's a really really dated video in terms of those videos, was actually a pretty good one. Like, you get to see all the different flash patterns. It was really really cool. Of course, you also get to see Munch also program them, and yeah, that was interesting. But that's one thing, you know, is that. Bulbs don't have all the cool flash patterns that a lot of people like, but they do have very unique ones. I mean, again, I'm gonna use the Elite Pro series as the example here. You have things like Pulse and Heartbeat, and those are like really, really cool flash patterns. 
you know, one of my personal flash patterns comes from the OMG light bits, which was the fourth mode one, which is the two color blinky looking one that I really, really like. And the funny thing is, is that if you understand flash pattern manipulation, you can actually recreate a lot of these, what I will refer to now as retro flash patterns because they're not really in main circulation anymore. They're actually on a lot more older chips, but you do have that. Now, one of the other things I also want to point out, and I don't think this is as prevalent as it used to be now, is that there were actually specialty bulbs, which, you know, <laughs> It's pretty simple to understand like if you look at a ribbon bulb is literally just a solid color or solid set of colors that don't break up like a regular strobe bulb does and then you also have these very rare specialty bulbs like the ones i have which i call faders which if you're looking right here there's a little video that's kind of demonstrating what it looks like uh, they have like a pre-program function in the bulb itself you know and they're extremely rare. I only have four of those faders, and I used to have a whole set of ten. I, I think six of them were still in the tackle box that I got stolen from me a very, very long time ago. That's a story for another time. So, you can clearly start seeing some of these pros and cons. Another huge comparison between these two chipsets are upkeep maintenance. You know, with bulbs, it's a lot more compared to a prog because what do you have to do with a prog? You just make sure your connections are clean and you clear out any fit, you know, any lint or anything that are in your casings, depending on which casings you're using. Uh, some will actually have a lot more, some will actually have a lot less. I've actually seen it. Uh, if you are using any E-Lite series with the 4.0 casings, you tend to get a little bit more lint in there because they have the little opening thing going on and that's kind of not good but it was a trade-off you know it was, it was early days <laughs> but that that is something to also take into consideration now one thing i definitely want to point out when it comes to bulb chips is how they operate in terms of their flashing patterns and the color choices and stuff like that so you have if you look at the inside of a bulb you will see that it has three diodes, you know, and the two prongs that go into it. How bulb chips work is just power output. The more power it puts out, the more it's gonna be able to use all three diodes. You know, that's why when you actually look at it carefully and when it's going from like a three color strobe to a two color strobe with that little blank, it doesn't put them closer together because that's not how it's working as opposed to like what you see from a prog chip. It's just lowering the power output so it doesn't hit that third diode, therefore making a two color set. And that's where you have that little break. Some people like that break, that's more of a retro two color strobe as I like to call it, but that is what it is. And of course then you hit the button again, it goes into a one color strobe. It's the least amount of power output it's using to make that color show. You know, that's how pulp chips work. Is this blowing your minds? Cause it's blowing my mind. You know, and I'm not gonna sit here and try to go over like the different capacities when it comes to different battery sizes. We, you know, you can look up those specifications, but that is a thing. One major point I want to point out between bulbs and progs is a thing called modding or modded chips. And this is something I feel like a lot of people don't know about, but this is what I say has the advantage over a bulb chip has over a prog. 
is because there's a new texture that's being added into the overall show that you don't get with procs. As unfortunate as it is. Now, can somebody actually make a modded prog chip? Maybe. Most people don't because they're, most of these chips have a warranty and most people wouldn't want to you know, avoid their warranty as, a, as opposed to like bulb chips where it's just literally the power output. You know, that's where you learn things about rabbit mods and ditto mods and things like that, but I'm not going to go into great detail here. Yeah, that's one of the big advantages that you're going to meet or realize when it comes to these different chips. Especially when it comes to modded bulb chips because it just has a new texture that you're never going to really see on a prog chip. Simple as that. But yeah, so with prog chips you only need the chips. You can program any of the colors, any flash patterns you want, manipulate them in any fashion you want. Some of them are mode locked, some of them are not, depending on which chip you have. You can go check out a few of them if you want. I actually did three episodes so far on different chips that you can check out. I did one on the OG controls, the ions from Futuristic Lights, and even the Throw Lights Apollos. Which, um, we're just not going to get into the company talk, but that's just, that's another episode. We don't need to hear about that. Thank you. So, there are a few things I would like to point out when it comes to investing into each one. Now, a lot of people have recently started investing more into bulb chips because current world situations kind of let that door open if that makes any sense like people just started to do that more often and people had a little bit more oh i have all this money now that i would be using to spend on festivals that i can't do anymore because we have to be you know the way that it is today so they were investing into bulbs and there was a nice little resurgence into the bulbs i even did a whole episode that you find right over here on an investment kit for bulbs and what you need for that so I don't really think I need to go into great detail on how to operate bulbs. Yeah. Two very boring minutes later. However, I do want to point out that there have been some pretty interesting takes that I don't think a lot of people know about is that there are those specialty bulbs, like the faders that I have. You know, those are very, very rare now to find and they do cost a pretty penny. So when it comes to the bulb market, I do say this is more of a collector's market rather than a performer's market like it is with procs. But I will say that these special rare chip or special rare bulbs that people have, you're just never going to get something like that out of a, um, a programmable one. Not unless somebody actually makes a chip to have these kind of features in it. Which who knows, maybe we'll get more companies. God, I actually really do wish we got more companies. I just wish we had more people making different chips. You know, more chips, more variety, more stuff going on. I like that. But that's another episode because we, we have to get into like patents and all that stuff and market sharings. And I don't really think I'm qualified as a professional business expert. You know what I mean? Like, I know my chips, I know how my chips work, I, I understand how the market works to an extent, but I would rather have somebody come on to my show to actually talk more about business marketing and things like that. Let me know down in the comment section below if you want that. But yeah, you have very rare bulbs out there that do cost a pretty penny. And even older bulb chips out there that also still now cost a pretty penny. Like if I want to get my hands on a full set of OMG light bits, four modes, 
It's gonna cost me a good amount of money, like, we're talking almost at the same level as the premium sets that are out there. You know, well over $150. Some of them will be even closer to $350, like, I've seen that. You know, but again, we're talking about discontinuations, and if something's discontinued, then it becomes a rare collector's item, and you know, once things start falling out of circulation, you, you see where this is going? <laughs> no. You know, finance. So it's something to always look into. If you, if you, if you want, it's just, it's kind of a mess sometimes. But you do have that. You know, bulb rarities, modding chips for bulbs you know, things of that nature that you're able to do. So at the end of the day, if you're somebody who's always been curious about how these different chips work, it's really pretty much a simple thing to understand. When it comes to bulbs, it's all about power output and pro the, the little mother chip that has the flash pattern program set in it. It doesn't take a whole lot of power output compared to a prog chip where you're literally having to place in the settings for the color mixing that you want, the color sequencing that you want, the flash pattern sequencing that you want. It has to sit there and think about all this stuff so it does have like some trade-offs compared to like a bulb chip where it only has these very simple things and it doesn't deviate from that so you know it can actually put power into other places rather than having all these different settings that it needs to keep track of. You know that's something that I've started to notice over time as a, a distinguished Glover myself, who's been in this game for 11 years now. What? That is crazy! That you, you'll, you'll notice that. You know, the other thing is as well that when you look at different prog chips compared to all the different companies, you'll see that they use different color luminosities and all that other stuff, and that's a little bit more semantic stuff in there, but that is a thing to consider. You know, shutter speed, which is something that I feel like a lot of people don't know about when it comes to lights, is literally the length of the lights when it's in motion. So if you look at like hyperstrobe or hyperflash, it's much, much longer compared to like dots where it's like super duper short. You know, that's what's known as shutter speed, you know, in terms of strobes. You know, that's where we have like uh, blink, bit blank, burst, blinky, all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? That's where you will start to notice things like that when it comes to like bulb chips is that it's like, oh, with their power output, they can still like pump the power to do the color things that they need to do and change up their flash patterns in that fashion. But it still doesn't consume as much power to a prog chip because a prog chip has all these other settings that it needs to keep itself reminded of. That's something to take away from all that. A lot of boring math later. All right. I think I pretty much covered a lot of the things you need to understand when it comes between these two chips. The pros and cons are really, really simple. Upkeep maintenance on, on a bulb chip is much higher than you would with a programmable, and that's the trade-off between these two. Now, is it is it that much of a hassle to keep up with your bulb chips? Not really. It's extremely tedious. And I think that's probably one of the things that people are going to look at is this level of tedium that goes on with, you know, maintenance of your chips. A lot of people just don't have the time to sit there and, you know, make sure all their stuff is working properly and things of that nature. So they're going to go with prog chips. That's fine. That's how they're going to do it. Some people just like certain aspects about bulb chips that you don't get with programs that people want, you know. Color purity being one of the biggest components when it comes to the bulb market. That's just as simple as that. 
the other thing as well is the rarity in bulbs you know the iMore series is probably one of the most sought after bulbs in the market in terms of a collector's one because one their colors were really really strong and two they had this very interesting palette to itself you know you had like the unity the patriot the there were so many different ones i can't even remember half the names anymore but i do remember the unity being a huge one uh the valentine one was a huge one the patriot one was a huge one you know we had all these different types of bulbs out there so that's kind of the thing you're gonna look uh have to understand when you're going into these different markets especially when it comes to bulbs is that you're going into more of a collector secondary market compared to progs so i think that pretty much covers a lot of the things i need to talk about you know how bulb chips work is more of just on power output and the capacities that the batteries are able to put out um, that's why i think when you look at older chips that have bigger batteries they're they were much brighter and they well they weren't as much brighter but they did last a very very long time i mean drops too lasted a very very long time for me the smaller the battery size the, the capacity is going to change so definitely if you're somebody who's aspiring and thinking about like making chips or modding chips definitely understand where your capacities are and how much you can actually consume from your batteries without overloading your batteries because battery overload is a thing and that does result in some um explosions now definitely want to point this out when when i talk about batteries exploding it's not necessarily like they literally explode like a frag grenade no 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 uh if you actually see how lithium ion batteries actually explode especially the coin cell ones uh it's just more of a big pop and spray you know it kind of sprays in a direction wherever the weak point is on the battery i'm not saying that i've seen this happen to a glover but I have seen people try certain things like that that causes that to happen. Don't ask. So definitely make sure you get your electrical engineering knowledge down. And I'm not the type of person that has that kind of knowledge readily available because that's not the field that I was in when I was especially in the military. Like, yeah, I had some level of understanding of that, but I was more understanding of signal flow and how things flow through systems and things like that and also transmitting data and all that stuff so that's where i kind of stand yeah I, I don't think there's much more i need to go into there if you have any questions for me on particular parts when it comes to like bulb chips or prog chips you can always ask me you have the comment section down below you have the various outlets on social media you can hit me up at you can find all that stuff in the description below please read the description the stuff is in there that's how i'm you're able to talk to me directly i am more than willing to help you out find any of the resources that you're trying to look for and if i can't answer your questions i will at least point you in a direction where you can find your answers um and no i'm not talking about like here's a wikipedia article i mean like i have resources that i can you know ask around hey i have questions on this you know any place i can find any resources on that and i'll be able to get that for you that's one of the things I try to do as a content creator for gloving. Nobody asked you, so why don't you just take a hike? But if you have any other questions, like when it comes to programming theory and flash pattern manipulation and things like that, when it comes to your proc chips, you can always ask me about that too. I have a good extensive amount of knowledge on that as well, and I'm willing to help you out on that. But 
If you guys like the content that I'm making and you wish to help me out in any way possible, you first you can like, share, and subscribe to my channel because it's it's there. Most of this stuff is being put out for free as it is and you know being made out of my own pocket. But if you also want to help me out with making better quality content, you do have this lovely opportunity to donate to me for a one-time donation at Ko-Fi. Yes, please donate to my Ko-Fi so I may continue to listen to Lo-Fi. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! And that's my slogan, yeah. But other than that, I want to just say thank you to everybody who has watched slash listened to this episode and all my previous episodes. I want to give a huge shout-out to the people who continually come back week after week to listen to the stuff that I have to say and the things that I do on this channel because... I, I, I like making gloving content and I wish to have, you know, inspire other people to make more gloving content, you know. I don't want to sit there and poke and prod everybody to do it, but if you guys want to start making content, you can always ask me stuff about that too. I like helping out. It's That's how the community grows. But other than that, I think that's everything I need to say. So once again, thank you to everybody who's been consuming my content. It is awesome to see that you guys come back week after week. But I am your host, Peter, a.k.a. LPD Buke, and I'll see you guys all next week. <laughs>